It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Going into uh, this round of elections, uh, Virginia had uh, 11 House districts, uh, second and seventh districts were rated uh, as toss-up seats. Uh, what happened last night? Where are we today? And uh, what does the election night reporting look like now? That, the strategy, and uh, where you go from uh, there. If you're a citizen of Virginia, where do your elected representatives uh, go from there? What about the state house? There's a lot of things on the table. And Richard Anderson, Rich Anderson, chair of the Virginia GOP, is here to help us understand all of this. Uh, Rich, great to have you back. Great to be here, David. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate it, and I, and I really mean that in the sense of, you know, we need to expand for the audience and for the American people an understanding of how things need to work and, and what the challenges are at the state level. You know, all politics is local, uh, but that responsibility as the state party chair is something that has to function effectively to win. So let's talk about uh, what happened last night. First, just the chairman's view. Yes, the uh, last night, of course, was uh, was a big big election night here in Virginia. We had we had three seats uh, in play. We ended up getting one, so I was very pleased in the balance. Although we didn't get the full enchilada that we sought in the our seventh and tenth congressional districts, we got Jen Kiggins in the second congressional district in an upset. And the Democrats made no gains here in the Virginia congressional delegation to the U.S. House. So I believe we made substantial gains with Jen's election. All right. Down ballot. Let's look at the states, uh, the state level seats. How does that look? Well, we didn't have any uh, state level elections this year. We do our state level elections for our General Assembly, House and Senate uh, in the odd numbered years. So the only thing that was on the ballot were our 11 congressional districts in Virginia, plus any local elections for mayor or school board or city and town councils. Right. And let me clear, correct myself. I knew that in the odd years I met the local elections. I just misstated yes, I, that. I, I so let's, very... let's look at those because you and I have talked about the importance of them before. Man, those are so important, David. And, uh, uh, while the congressional races did consume the bulk of my focus, I also paid attention to our local elections, and I was very pleased in several places uh, in major metropolitan areas in Virginia. For instance, in Chesapeake, Virginia, which is in the Hampton Roads area near Norfolk, Virginia, uh, there was some Republican friction there on the Chesapeake uh, City Council, but in the end, we won four of the five seats that were up for election. I wasn't expecting that, and we did it. And then on the Chesapeake School Board, the companion body, um, we swept all six of the six seats up for election. And, of course, school boards particularly, that is ground zero these days. Everybody probably on your broadcast uh, a year ago had never heard of Loudoun County, Virginia, but Everybody knows where Loudoun County, Virginia is now, and that same uh, dynamic played out in Chesapeake, I think. And then if you look further west to Lynchburg, Virginia, on the city council, we got, uh, I believe it was all three 
of the three seats that were up for election. And so Republicans in Lynchburg City now have a five to two majority on the council and they ousted two Democrats. And we did see this play out in some other communities. And so I'm very pleased with the local elections because, as you said, all politics is local. Let's talk trajectory next. And uh, yes, this is a little bit of projection uh, on my part, but the importance of those local elections is what happens next. Uh, Some will rise into state-level seats, uh, maybe eventually congressman, senator, governor, who knows. But how important it is to have that foundation uh, within the state. I, I, I said it earlier in the show, Rich, that I believe based on what's been happening in Virginia uh, at all levels, including not just the governor's office, lieutenant governor, the attorney general's office, that as I look deeper into the bench and now what you've laid out, that Virginia is pulling a Florida and is on its way to being red if it continues this path. Correct. Um, i tell you what I talk about, which is what Governor Yunkin here in Virginia talks about. This is a long game. Um, He said to me several months ago something that has remained with me, and I think it's very prescient. He said, Rich, we can win elections here in Virginia this year, next year, the year after, and that's great, and that's what we want to do. That's what we will do, he said. But the real measure of success is after you, Rich, are through being the state party chairman and I am through being governor, If we have continued and perpetuated those conservative and Republican victories uh, into the future years. And so I've embraced this as he has as the long game. That's precisely what it is. It's a long game. And if you look at it that way, last night is put into perspective. Now, the Democrats here will hee haw that we didn't get all three seats, we got one seat in Congress. But that said, we made a gain. They made no gains. And so if you put it in perspective, roll the clock back, 2017, we lost the governor's mansion to Ralph Northam, and we lost a substantial number of delegates in our lower house of the General Assembly. In 2019, though, it got even worse. We lost the Virginia House and Senate majorities to the Democrats. But you run the clock forward to 2021, we recovered the Virginia House majority after just being out of the majority for two years. And then we elected Governor Yunkin, Lieutenant Governor Sears, and Attorney General Miares. And then this year, we scored a major upset in Virginia, too, with the election of Jen Kiggins. The Democrats, again, scored no upset. So we now cast our eyes to the next step in this very long game. And we're in that cycle now. It's the day after the 2022 cycle. We're now in the 23 cycle. We plan to flip the Virginia Senate. They have four-year terms. They're up next. And we're going to also work hard in January of 23, in just a couple of months, to backfill Jen Kiggins' state Senate seat with a viable Republican that's going to be victorious and contribute toward the regular election victory, flipping the Virginia Senate next November. And so if we approach this enterprise as a long game, we're going to realize meaningful gains in the long run. That's politics. That's life. And we've done that. We're right on schedule where we want to be. We might be two election victories behind, but we're still net gain. 
You know, I, as you say that, and I think about my comment a moment ago about, you know, kind of Virginia following the, the Florida model to, to being more reliably read. And I, I just remember Winsome uh, saying to me <laughs> some months ago uh, to, the, to the audience in the room, you know, hey, 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 don't go to Florida. We're going to get it done here in Virginia. So I, I hope I don't upset her and she won't talk to me anymore. Uh, no, no, she'll talk to you. In fact, uh, I got a text from her. I was going into a meeting. I got a text from her. I'm probably talking out of school here, but I got a text from from Lieutenant Governor Sears probably 45 minutes ago as I was going into a meeting that says, let's talk today about next year. So she is already thinking about that. And uh, I'm going to have a sit down in Richmond tomorrow with some on the governor's team to talk just about that. You know by now I'm a guy who likes to dive into the, the numbers yes, and sir. out over statistics. And, you know, looking at the Virginia Department of Elections reports, and understandably, you know, there's still some time to get certain stats and facts in. But one that caught my eye, and it's something we're seeing when we talk about voter registration and active voters versus inactive voters, uh, the numbers as of the 7th, right before the election, 5,736,249 active voters, inactive 369,841. Uh, from the chairman's perspective, those inactive voters, whoever they may be, uh, they matter. They can matter, especially in local elections. So uh, looking ahead to next year, but between now and then and the next contest, uh, do you have a plan in place to go out and reach these inactive voters and get them involved? Well, yes. Conceptually, I have that plan. And although I haven't discussed that with, uh, with Governor Yunkin's team, I'll guarantee you they are very forward-thinking, and they're already thinking about that. What we are going to do here uh, is sit down in the near term and talk about <clears throat> the, uh, the future and how we get there as a team, because it's vital that we have the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and their teams, along with the House Republican Caucus in the General Assembly, the Senate Republican Caucus in the General Assembly, and, of course, the Republican Party of Virginia, and our grassroots folks and stakeholder organizations. One of the successes we have had here that made a huge difference in Governor Yunkin's election last year is an organization, a coalition of military veterans. We are a very veteran-rich state. Um, and we have an organization called Virginia America Veterans Vote. And they turned out on Governor Yunkin's behalf last year more than 50,000 additional veteran voters for Governor Yunkin. And we leveraged them this year as a Republican Party of Virginia coalition. We've also stood up several other coalitions, uh, Black Voices Matter and uh, Hispanic Voices Matter. Um, Governor Yunkin received last year greater measure of the African-American vote. He received a majority of the Hispanic vote, 54 percent. And I'm still waiting to see the numbers on various demographics. But we intend to harness them and to turn out these inactive voters. They are a wealth of value to our, our party. 
My guest, Rich Anderson, chairman of the Republican Party of Virginia, and you will be hearing a lot from him on this show. Uh, A hat tip to the state of Virginia and your elections uh, system overall at the Department of Elections. When I looked at the precinct reporting rate and numbers uh, across the board this morning, uh, you knocked it out of the park. Uh, majority of precincts, close to almost 100% in some cases, uh, reporting. So uh, just well done. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, the, uh, the Virginia Department of Elections is under new leadership. It's very effective, and they're hitting on all cylinders. Invariably, they're going to have hiccups. They had a few hiccups, but every state uh, uh, elections organization does. There are so many millions, literally millions of moving parts in any uh, Department of Elections in any state. That's a job I would not want to have. (laughs) Okay, so we know what job you don't want to have. We'll talk someday about what job you may have next, uh, Rich, but I really appreciate it. Uh, As I said, you'll you'll be a regular figure on this show. And, you know, let's help best practices. Uh, We've reached out to a number of uh, GOP chairs in other states. Uh, I think the people deserve as well as need this level of education on how it works, how they can get involved, how we can be effective if we're going to move conservative governance down the road in America. Amen. I tell you, in closing, I really do, David, look to the future with great optimism, not just in Virginia, but all across the country. Absolutely. I share that sentiment 100 percent. Richard Anderson, Rich, chairman of the Republican Party of Virginia, Virginia Virginia.gop, the website there. Thank you, Rich. Uh, Maybe get a few minutes to take a break later on today for yourself. All right. Sounds good. Take care, David. Bye. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.